What's up, you guys? I'm Anya. And I'm Kylie. And this is Two Degrees Hotter, the postgrad podcast where we get real about life after college every Tuesday. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Two Degrees Hotter. Yes. Welcome back to another TDH Tuesday. Indeed. So today's episode is kind of a more random topic for us to cover, but it's something we've been learning more and more about recently. So we thought it might be interesting to kind of have an open chatty discussion about it. And by it, I mean astrology. So um, during this episode, we're going to kind of go through our perspective on it, explain at a high level kind of the basics or what we perceive to be the basics, what we've been learning about. um, And then also just kind of talk about how we see it playing out in our own lives. Yes, I'm very excited. I would say you're a bit more of, you're a bit more advanced in astrology (laughs) than I am. I am a true beginner, whereas you might classify yourself as an advanced to intermediate, or an intermediate to advanced. No, no, definitely not that (laughs) far. But yeah, so before we get into the episode, we did want to kind of announce that we want to start reading five-star reviews on the air from now on. So we obviously really value your guys' feedback and would love to hear what you guys are loving about the show because we want to we wanna give you what you're loving on the show. And it also, we've said before, it really helps us out when you guys rate us on Apple Podcasts. So leave us those five-star reviews and we will start reading them on air. Also, a fun fact is it's actually been a while since Kylie and I have recorded together, like especially a non-guest episode. It doesn't seem like that to you guys because our order is all wacky, but it's been like a couple weeks since we've sat down and done an episode like this together. Let's hop into our segments. So for my week in review, I figured I would fill you guys in on my plan for my lease being up because this really isn't something that I've touched on yet. And I think the reason that I haven't talked about it is because it's giving me a good amount of anxiety, to be honest. Um, It's something that was never really in the plan, but I just think is the right choice for right now. So um, by the time this comes out, I think my lease will have already ended. But when we're recording this, we're about a month away from my lease ending. So Um, with the combination of my work being remote for the foreseeable future, uh, rent in Boston not really reflecting the current situation, uh, a second wave being in the cards potentially, and uh, my boyfriend is also still looking for a job um, after graduating along with us. There's just a lot of factors at play that um, allow it to make the most sense for me to continue living at home. So it's not going to be like a change for me per se. It's like, I'm literally just going to go pack up my stuff and come back and keep doing what I've been doing for the last like five months. Um, But I did think by this time I would probably be moving somewhere. So it's like a little disappointing to not have that play out right now. But what I'm hoping is that spend some time kind of looking in the off months, looking at for like an October, November, December lease, and it'll be a little more affordable and things will be a little more certain. And I'll have a reason to like be in the Boston area because right now I really don't have a reason to be there. I'm still working remotely. So yeah, but by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure that will have played out a bit more, but send me good vibes. Moving literally gives me such anxiety. So hopefully it goes well. (laughs) I can't imagine. Has your work given you any sort of timeline for when you could be back in the office? Yeah, I feel like it's kind of ever evolving. And I also work, I work just outside of Boston. And the town that I work in specifically has been kind of taking whatever Boston does and doing it a little more drastically. Um, So it's really kind of like up to the will of that mayor. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We might start going in like one day a week during September, um, if like the situation allows, which like we are a reasonably commutable distance from Boston. A lot of people do it every day from our area. So that might end up being what happens, but still kind of up in the air. And I think it's up in the air enough that it doesn't make sense to like rush into finding a place right now. So especially like when the location might not make sense for Grant and yeah. Yeah. So just lots of things, but that's my update. If you guys are wondering (sighs) what the deal is with September 1st. Yeah. Literally any 2020 graduates plans that they had for themselves shattered. But what you said once before, like it's not um, your plans aren't like ruined. They're just postponed or something. Like yeah. That. Not down the drain, down the timeline. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And this is <laughs> largely what I was like referencing when I was thinking about that. So 
again, it's not like a crazy change. Like I'm literally going to exist day to day exactly as I have been for the last few months. It's just like, I won't have the option to go in my apartment if I wanted to, yeah. um, but it's okay. It's temporary. So we'll figure it out. Yeah. Um. So for me, obviously you guys know, we've mentioned it a few times now, Anya and I record in advance. So right now I'm about two weeks out from starting law school. I am terrified. <laughs> I am so scared. I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. But I'm also very nervous, especially because I've started buying books and I've started getting my syllabi and I'm just like, oh my God, I actually have to do this. <laughs> like I knew I'd have to do it and that it was going to be a lot of work. Like I'm very, you know, aware of what I've gotten myself into. But like, once you're like actually face to face with it, you're like, oh crap, like <laughs> I have to follow through. Um, so at this point with it being so up in the air, I figured since we're recording ahead, I should give a shout out to my future self. By the time this episode comes out, I'll be a couple weeks in. Yeah. And so I, sister, I hope you're doing all right. I hope you're okay. Uh, I've heard from two of my professors so far. One of them, he seems super chill. He sent us like a list of our textbooks. And one of them, he said that we needed the 93rd edition. And I was like, there's <laughs> no way. Like, there's literally no way. And I was looking it up and I was like, I found the third edition. 20 minutes later, he sends an email. It is not the 93rd edition. It was the third edition. And he wrote the textbook. He was like, I won't have that edition completed until like 2121. <laughs> so he seems chill. And then another professor seems very scary. So, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. So yeah, future, few weeks into the future, Kylie, I hope you're okay. <laughs> Sending her good vibes. Yeah, for sure. Let's hop into our favorites. So my favorite this week is a little bizarre, but I, well, actually the idea came to me when you were over here, Kylie, and we were in the pool and we were talking mm -hmm. about like pool workouts. Yes. And I was like, you know what? I'm actually going to look one up because I've been feeling really unmotivated to work out. I think just like with the heat, there's like no good time of day to do it. Um, so I looked some up and I came across a couple like low key aimed at the elderly community, like water workouts. Um, and I didn't think that they were hard when I was doing them, but then I ended up being really sore after and I've been having fun. I'm doing it like a couple times a week now. So that's fun. That's a perk of being here um, is that yeah. I have the pool and I can experiment with some pool workouts. But yeah, I'd recommend looking into it. They get like pretty creative as far as like abs and like you, there's like pool Zumba. Like it's like a whole thing. So Ooh. look into it, guys. Let's move. That sounds fun. Um, For me, my favorite. Now, I am late to this train. I'm late to hopping on it, but boy, oh boy, did I hop on and become invested fast. So I binged Euphoria in two days, <laughs> which like, it's only one season, eight episodes. Yeah, that's totally achievable. So, and I, so I would watch it while I was working. Like I'd play it on my iPad and have my iPad just like propped up on my desk while I was doing like a mindless task. Um, and it was so good. Like, I think it's very well known for being, like, a very aesthetically pleasing show. Mm -hmm. And that it is. Like, it's so beautifully made and beautifully edited. And there's just so many, like, fine details. Like, I finished the finale and then I watched, like, a 20-minute long video where a guy broke down each character's, like, wardrobe transformation throughout the season and how it, like, connected to their character development. And it was just so, like, intricate the mm -hmm. thought that went into it um obviously they're like pretty well known for like the makeup because they wear a lot of like very bold like colorful glittery rhinestones like all of that stuff but yeah the show is like the bl basic plot in case you have been living under a rock like me and haven't watched it is it follows a girl named rue who's played by zendaya like are you kidding me a queen <laughs> um and she has just come out of rehab and it kind of follows her like trying to like get back to normal life almost. But like these characters are supposed to be in high school and I was, you know, like watching nail tutorials in high school <laughs> on YouTube and they are like full fledged clubbing. clubbing. Yeah. So yeah, but it was really good. 
Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I've been wanting to for like a couple months now. I just don't have a way to watch it because um, you got it through like your cable, right? Yeah, because it's through HBO. I you should look into like a free trial for HBO because you could pro- you could probably binge it in yeah like seven days. Like if they do like a seven day trial or something like that. Yeah, I should look into it, but I don't have cable, so it's been hard. I don't have like Hulu or anything, so it's like hard to find a way. But I want to, and it looks really aesthetic and yeah. reckless. So I'm into it. <laughs> reckless. It's fair. <laughs> So, moving into our main episode content for today, astrology. Disclaimer is that we're still both relatively new to this, but we've been having a lot of fun learning about it, and we thought it would be fun to share from like a relatively beginner perspective. But if you're like an astrology whiz, feel free to slide into the DMs and correct us, but apologies if we, you know, skim over something or get something a little wrong. But I we've done our research, so I think we should be good. Yeah, and also we are focusing on Western astrology. We know that there are various branches, forms mm-hmm. of astrology, one being Vedic astrology. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we'll focus on Western. Feel free to look into other ones if you're feeling particularly interested. Yeah, I think Western just has the most readily available information on it, um, yeah. online at least. I think some of the, like, like I know Vedic astrology is like a more ancient form, so there's not as many like online resources, but definitely equally interesting to learn about. Final disclaimer is that if you hate astrology and you think it's dumb, trust me, I know people like that, um, you don't have to listen. Or if you're kind of hesitant and interested and willing to learn more, then definitely stick around. And I just encourage you guys to like take what you like and leave the rest with this episode and literally every episode we do. Let's get into it. So figured it would be interesting to like each talk about our perspective of like how we look at astrology. So I kind of look at it as a way to explain the universe. Um, I'm not religious, never really have been, um, but it's kind of nice to feel like there is some greater order to the way things work. So looking towards the stars and kind of what's beyond our planet helps answer that for me, especially when I'm having like a hard time personally or kind of struggling to deal with people or current events and like wondering why things are the way they are. It's just kind of like another external source of validation to look towards Um, And for me, it feels a little more solid than like some religions because it's rooted in like actual celestial bodies. But yeah, that's just my personal opinion. I just have never like been tied to any organized religion. So it could come from that. But what about you? Yeah. So I would say I hold a pretty similar perspective to you. Um, Like I said at the beginning, I'm a bit more of a beginner than you are. And I'm definitely in like the heavy learning phase. Um, But I do find a lot of comfort in just like learning about myself through my chart. And I think I don't remember where I saw this, but someone described it as like, I really enjoy learning about my chart because it shows me where some of like my least favorite qualities in myself come from. And I can Mm -hmm. use it to work on those. Because like, I think a common misconception is that like, you know, if you're like a Scorpio, say, that's like one sign that gets a bad rep, like you're just bound to be like manipulative. And like mm-hmm. on one side, like you could have people that like use their zodiac as like an excuse to be like, I'm just being a bitch because I'm a Scorpio. Or you can be like, hey, I know I'm drawn to these like certain tendencies. What can I do to like better myself? I really resonated with that. And mm-hmm. it really um motivated me to look more into my chart. And just like you, I've never really been drawn to a religion. There's never, you know, I have nothing against religion. And I totally understand the the comfort that it brings because I'm learning that through this. But I do agree that this just seems a bit more concrete to me and like Mm -hmm. something that I can just better grasp and um, find that comfort. Take a shot every time I say comfort. You'll be nice and drunk for this (laughs) episode. But yeah. Yeah, I am glad that you brought up like people using it as an excuse to act a certain way because I think that's one reason that a lot of people have a negative connotation with astrology. Oh, I'm just acting like this because my horoscope says I can this week. And like, I just think that's a pretty narrow like view of what astrology really is. And I think that's like very much the minority of people that are into it kind of like use it as an excuse to justify their actions. But I'm glad you brought it up because that is something that I wanted to say. Yeah, for sure. I think it is the minority. I think people who are actually into it are using it more in that sense of how can I better myself knowing my worse qualities, I say yeah. in quotes. And also, um, 
something that's worth noting about Western astrology is that it's mostly like looking inwards towards yourself and towards your qualities. And it's kind of like a self-discovery mechanism. Whereas I'm I'm pretty sure that Vedic astrology is almost more of like looking towards your future and it's almost like more of a predictive Mm -hmm. method. So yeah, that's worth knowing if you're new to it as well is that Western astrology is really about like examining yourself and like the conditions that you're predisposed to be um, whereas like Vedic astrology and some other forms are more about like predicting like you're going to get married this year and do this. Western isn't really like that. Now yeah. we can kind of jump into a high level explanation of like the main, I guess, key things to understand. So yeah. the first being your chart. So if you have like no idea what we're even saying when we say a chart, it's literally a snapshot of what the sky looked like when you were born. And it's the exact time you were born from the exact location you were born So this is why exact time is really important. So Mm -hmm. it's really not good enough to estimate. It's not like you can't just be like, oh, like I was born at like 8-ish PM. Like you really have to have it down to the minute because your rising sign can change by the minute and your moon sign can change by like five minutes, I'm pretty sure. So Mm -hmm. it's really important to just ask your mom, find your birth certificate, do some digging because knowing just like the hour or the general time of day is really not enough to get a clear snapshot of your chart. Yeah, and we will link some websites that you can uh, plug in all your information Mm -hmm. and get your chart in the show notes in case you're interested. But yeah, so should we jump into some dominant signs from your chart? Yes. So first is what everyone's probably already familiar with, your sun sign. This is your most dominant sign, um, what most people know themselves as. So like when you flip to the back of like a magazine when you were like 14 years old and we were all reading that J14, the horoscopes that you saw there, those were focusing on your sun signs. Um, and Nadine Jane, who we'll talk about a little later in our suggestions for further learning, says that this sign is like the CEO of who you are. Yes. Um, I love Nadine Jane. She kind of has like little phrases for all of these that we'll say. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, yeah, the reason that a lot of people don't identify with astrology is because they only know their sun sign. Mm -hmm. So they might look at the qualities of their sun sign and say, I don't identify with that. I'm not like this. I don't do that. But I think it's so important to like peel back the rest of the layers um, to really get an understanding for like the full picture of yourself. Because um, I'm a Scorpio, for example. um, And I don't feel like I'm particularly like super jealous or anything, but then I look at the qualities of my other signs, um, which we'll get into, and things start to make more sense. For sure. Um, kind of on the same wavelength there is like, it's really not enough to just look at like simple compatibility stuff. So that's something I'm kind of interested in. And if you just look up like Scorpio and Sagittarius, it's like not the best news, but I think it's because you need to like dig a layer deeper. Like you can't just look at your sun sign is basically the gist of what I'm saying. And that's why listening to this podcast is a great start. Yes. Yeah, I can attest to this for sure. I would always read my horoscope like in those magazines. That's why I brought it up. And I just thought it was such BS because they're very like generically written and things like that. And obviously those aren't like well-researched yeah. <laughs> horoscopes or anything. But for me, it was when I started looking into my moon and rising sign and like further into my chart that things really started to click. So speaking of your moon and rising sign, your moon sign is essentially what represents your truest kind of emotional self. Um, And people say that it's apparently kind of what you come into the world as when you're a baby and before everything influences you and you kind of learn societal norms and expectations and before you learn the feelings of shame and embarrassment and wanting to change who you are, you are your moon sign. So then your rising sign is like your first impression sign. So this is what I saw it described as like who you are at a party. That's your mm-hmm. rising sign. Like the first impression, the the way that other people perceive you is what your rising sign is. Nadine Jane describes it as like the head of PR. So yeah, I mean, I will get more into this, but I am a Scorpio rising and I think it makes so much sense and I'll explain why later, but. Yeah, and um, some people will say that you might actually identify with this more than your sun sign because it's such a prevalent aspect of your personality. It's like who you show up as at interviews. It's kind of who you immediately present as, whether or not it's actually how you feel about yourself. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like your external representation to everybody else. Yeah, and I I would say I feel like I identify as a pretty healthy mix between my sun and my rising sign. For sure. I need to do more research on my moon sign and maybe yeah, it'll in fact be a nice, you know, equal mix, but. 
Yeah. So that's kind of a high level look at your dominant signs. There are like so many more things to dig into when it comes to that, but figure that's a good place to start for this podcast. So next we're going to talk about elements. So basically, you know, the elements, water, earth, air, fire, Mm -hmm. Um, every sign is associated with one of these and whichever ones are dominant in your chart tend to dictate your overall personality aspects. So yeah. So diving into the elements, first we have water. So Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces are all water signs. And water signs tend to be intuitive, they tend to be sensitive, and they tend to feel their emotions really intensely. So like if you have a really emotional friend, cough, cough, me, (laughs) they probably have a lot of water in their chart. And like water signs are just really comfortable with like talking about their emotions too. They're not, they don't squish them down. Like they just want Mm -hmm. everyone to know how they're feeling and they are like, they're okay with seeing people cry. Like it's, they're just more comfortable with it. Very like hard on their sleeves type of people. Yes, exactly. So next is earth. So earth signs are Taurus, Virgo, and Capricorn. Earth signs are kind of how you would perceive them to be based on the fact that they're earth signs. They're practical, they're grounded, dependable, and they're often pretty risk averse. So people that are like taking crazy risks and like traveling the world and everything usually aren't earth signs, but if maybe they are and they maybe they have something else spicy in their chart, but earth signs are pretty like tactical- calculated types of people normally yeah um so then next is air so these are gemini's libras and aquarius wink wink i'm a libra these guys are alert they're curious and perceptive and they have a big emphasis on communication which i think is (laughs) very telling (laughs) of who i am as a person Definitely. And then last is fire signs. So this is Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius. And fire signs are super enthusiastic, super lively. They can be overbearing to some, especially signs that are a little more subdued, like earth signs or water signs, like fire signs can just be a lot. But they can also serve as an inspiration to others because they're so, I guess, excitable and, you know, Mm -hmm. so um, charismatic often. So yeah, those are the four kind of like elements that the signs tend to fall into. And I think, again, with this, it's important not to just look at your sun sign because if I look at my sun sign, I see that I'm a Scorpio, I'm a water sign. But in fact, we'll talk about this a little more later, but I have like a pretty high level of other elements in my chart that I think kind of come to fruition a little more than that. So just, you know, always got to dig more, always got to dig more, you guys. For sure. Um, So the next kind of aspect that we want to talk about is the planets. So like we said, this is all based on what the sky looked like time that you were born. And so each planet falls within the different signs. Every planet has a symbol. So you can look at your chart and see where the planets fell exactly on at the time that you were born. And so this is also why you hear things like Mercury and retrograde and Mm -hmm. things like that, because like the planet Mercury is actually entering like retrograde. (laughs) Yes. And so this like every planet kind of has an associated symbol and like based on its location and its symbol, it can mean something in your chart. Um, But also like the planets and where they are in the current day dictate some things, which I can talk about a little more in like resources. Um, But yeah, going back to like Mercury and retrograde, people will say like things go wrong when Mercury's in retrograde. Um, And that's because Mercury often determines how you interact with others and how you communicate. So like when you are not getting along with people, when you're getting into fights, it's because Mercury's doing wacky stuff. Um, And then Venus is kind of the goddess of love, as I understand. So it's kind of um, how you love, how you show affection to other people, things like that. Mm Mm-hmm. So then Mars is how you fight and what you're turned on by. A very spicy planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jupiter is the luck and good fortune. Um, it's kind of a benevolent planet, one that wants us to grow and flourish in a positive way. I've heard that Jupiter is like associated with like a strong masculine energy from what I understand. Oh, so I guess it's kind of supposed to be like almost the, the father figure, like just wants to like wash over you and make sure that you're protected and like doing well. I don't really yeah. know where that comes from, but that's what I've heard. Saturn is kind of the planet of karma and the planet of lessons, which makes it one of my favorites. Also, it has like diamond rings or something. So that's amazing. Uranus is rebellion and kind of the ability to look at things differently or like outside of the norm. So not just rebellion in the sense of like a literal, I guess, violent rebellion, but also just kind of learning to like be different, be out of the box, consider alternative paths, stuff like that. Yeah. So then Neptune is dreams, abstract thought and illusion. And Pluto is transformation, regeneration and rebirth. 
And then lastly, um, a lot of Western astrology references the Chiron. Um, and I was pretty confused about this because I was like, last I checked, like elementary school does not teach me Chiron as a planet. Like, what is that? <laughs> um, and it's not, so it's not a planet by most standards, um, but I've seen it described as the wounded healer. So it's basically something that tries to take your darkness, turn it into light. And I think it's a moon of, it's like a significant moon of another planet. It's like a small planetoid or something. If you know astronomy, let me know. Um <laughs> But yeah, so when you think of your Chiron, you can kind of think of people who, you know, experience their own trauma and then become psychologists because they want to help others. So that's kind of what this planet's vibes are. But I'm interested into the history of like why this this celestial body like, yeah, yeah, kind of turns up with all the other planets. Um, So I'm interested to like investigate that further. But it's not like a planet by traditional standards, I guess. So then the next category that we wanted to talk about is houses. And I'm going to be totally honest and say that this is the aspect that I know the absolute least about, but I figured I would touch on it and you guys can do your own research if you want to learn more. Yeah, I know like next to nothing. <laughs> I know where each of my planets fall. Like I know where, what house they're all in, but besides mm-hmm. that, I'm like, well, I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, I feel like this is like a kind of a, as you peel back the onion, this is like pretty deep. Um yeah. People don't tend to learn about these things super early, but I just wanted to touch on them. So basically, if you divide the snapshot of the sky, your chart that we've been referencing, into 12 sections, where these signs and where these planets fall has meaning as well. And yes. I don't know why the houses are divided the way they are. I don't know if it's supposed to represent like a clock or if like the 12 has any significance to it. I haven't looked into that. But yeah, so they all have associated qualities as well. Yeah. So the first house is the house of the self. And the second house is the house of possession. So like the the bougie materialistic one. Yep. And number three is communication. The fourth house is family and home. The fifth house is pleasure, sexual and otherwise. And the sixth house is health. Yeah. And I think it's important to emphasize that the fifth house is pleasure like in all senses. So just like a good meal, like a nice warm bath, sure. like it's kind of all like all the fine, all the finer things in life, you know. Sure. <laughs> um, number seven is partnership. Eight, the eighth house is associated with sex. The ninth house is associated with philosophy, and the tenth house is social status. And the eleventh house is friendships, and the last one, the twelfth house, is your subconscious. Yeah, something you can look into if you look up your own chart. Yeah. So then from there. So you have your signs, and then you have your houses, you have your elements, and then lastly, you have qualities within each um, zodiac sign. So I think you were saying you think this is, you look at your sun for this. Yeah, I'm not positive, but I'm pretty sure this is mainly based off your sun sign. But yeah, someone correct me if I'm wrong. The qualities are cardinal, fixed, and mutable. So if you are of a cardinal quality, you're kind of an initiator type. So this would be an Aries, a Cancer, a Libra, and a Capricorn. So you kind of are like the the idea person, basically. Yeah. So then fixed is stability and consistency. So this is like the follow through, like they'll take the idea and do something with it. And this is Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. And then lastly, mutable signs. They're kind of like the most go with the flow, the most flexible ones. So Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. Yeah. So they're kind of like, they'll complete what the other ones get going. Yeah, exactly. So cardinal signs start things, fixed signs turn those ideas into solid plans, and mutable signs complete the project. Yes. So now that we've kind of set the groundwork, you guys might have a slight understanding for all of these different aspects of your chart, different aspects of Western astrology. We figured we would just kind of talk about what our signs are and kind of how we see these different things playing out in our lives most notably. So let's start with our dominant signs. So for me, my sun is in Scorpio, my moon is in Leo, and my rising is in Sagittarius. Some people consider Mercury dominant as well. I'm also a Sagittarius there. So I think the way that I interpret this is that my first impression comes across pretty bubbly, pretty outgoing, uh, but kind of beyond the surface, I'm actually pretty deep and I have a lot of like very deep (laughs) thoughts, deep emotions, and I'm like comfortable with, I guess, dark things. So um, a lot of people view Scorpios in a bad light. They kind of think they're manipulative. They think they're evil. They think they're like effed up. Um, But the way that Nadine Jane um, Astrology kind of described it, something that I really liked is that she said that 
Scorpios are there to hold your darkness. If you're experiencing something negative, if you're going through some trauma, like Scorpios are like, they'll hear about it and they won't even like blink an eye. Like they just want to like absorb that for you, be there for you. And like, they're not afraid of stuff like that, basically. Um, so I like resonate with that aspect of being a Scorpio. But I do think that like my first impression is like, oh, Anya's so cute. She's so bubbly. And then I'm like contemplating like death in my free time. <laughs> yeah. um, so I think that's definitely true. I need to look more into my moon being a Leo. Um, Leos are fire signs. So I think like I was a really smiley kid. Like I was very like honest with my emotions. So um, I'll need to look a little more into that. But that's kind of my initial thoughts on like my dominant signs. Yeah. So for me, my sun is in Libra, my moon is in Pisces, and my rising is in Scorpio, and my Mercury is also in Libra. Um, I will say something that I've, especially as an adult, became really um, aware of is how self-conscious I felt about com- like coming off to people as very standoffish. So I'm the type of person that like if I meet you, say at like a party, you and I meet, and then I'm the next day I'm walking around campus and I'm walking past you, I automatically assume you have no idea who I am. There's no way you remember who I am. Like I am dust floating through the breeze. Like no, I just assume that no one knows who I am. No one remembers who I am. No one wants to give me the time of day. So I get so nervous to like say, hey, or anything like that. But then I'm like, but what if they do remember me? And now I'm being wicked standoffish and they think that I'm just like a bitch that like doesn't <laughs> say hi to anyone. So I feel like that's where Miss Scorpio (laughs) is coming out to play uh, because I get very nervous. Like I'm not the initiator. I won't come up to you and start the conversation. If you come up to me and start, I'll talk your ear off, but I'll never be the first one to do it. So I think that really resonated when I found out my rising sign was a Scorpio sign. I also wear a lot of black. I know that's like a trademark of Scorpios. So I don't know how that plays into everything, but black is like probably my favorite color to wear. So do with that what you will. Um, I will say that a true light bulb moment for me in astrology was when I found out that my rising and my moon sign were water signs because as I said, I am just a very emotional person. I feel my emotions very deeply. Uh, I'm, I can't hide my emotions. I 100% wear my heart and my feelings on my sleeve. So yeah, I'm like too empathetic for my own good. Like the type that like will cry at like any any sad video. I want to, I was in a phase where I would watch like military homecomings. <laughs> I feel like everyone had that phase. <laughs> so yeah. Um aside from that, obviously I'm going to law school. And a trademark trait of Libras is that they're always searching for balance, justice, and equality. So I think I like to think that there's a bit of a tie there. Um, but what I will say is that Libras are known for being very indecisive, like couldn't make a decision if it saved their lives. And I don't think I'm that indecisive as a person. I think if it comes down to it, I can make a decision and stick with it. Uh, but with that being said, my best friend from Assumption is also a Libra and she is the most indecisive person I know, like want to shake her and just say, make a decision for the love of God. (laughs) So again, it's kind of, you do with it what you will. Yeah. It's funny how it manifests differently in different people. Yeah. So I'm a Sagittarius rising, as I mentioned, and then my boyfriend is a Sagittarius rising and a Sagittarius sun. So he just like is super charismatic and is like super himself when he meets people, like is very honest about who he is. And I feel like when people meet us as a couple, they're like, oh my God, they're so funny. They're so similar. Like, you know, like they make so much sense and then they like actually get to know us. And I'm like, we really like balance each other out because I'm very like calculated, rational, like super thought out. And he's like much more like outgoing and bright and bubbly and go with the flow. Like um, he's a mutable sign. So like, it's just funny how things manifest in different people. Um, But I remember we were like talking about going back to what you were saying as far as like meeting new people, confidence, things like that. Um, We were like at the beach and we were kind of talking about this. Yeah. And it's funny because like you you kind of feel like you need to like prove yourself to people in a way. Yeah. I almost feel like people are more so proving themselves to me. Or I guess not even like prove myself. I just assume that you don't like me. Like I'm not necessarily going to go out of my way to like make someone like me. I just assume that they don't. And like the other person has to put in the effort to show me that they don't hate me. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. I'll be like, oh, okay, what do you know? But like I'm the type... Like I saw a meme and it was like two people like getting married and the guy was like, I do. And the girl was like, I don't believe you, but okay. <laughs> like that's yeah. me. 
Yeah, like you need so, reassurance. Yeah, you know, words of affirmation is my love language. It's mine too. It's funny though, because I saw um, on the topic of memes, I saw a meme today. I follow like a bunch of Scorpio meme accounts, which I recommend doing for your sign because it's really funny. Yeah. Um, but there was one and it was like day one of quarantine and it was some, I don't know what show it was from, but it was like a screenshot from some show and it said, oh, thank God I'm alone. And then it was like <laughs> day 500 of quarantine and it was like, oh, thank God I'm alone. And I was like, honestly true. Like I'm, I, I'm, I really value alone time. Like I don't mind eating alone. I don't mind shopping alone. Like I've never been one of those people that's like self-conscious about that kind of thing. Like I love a day by myself to like do my own thing. So anyway, I digress. Let's talk about our elements. Yeah. Even though my moon and my rising sign are both fire signs. So that's the Sagittarius and the Leo within my chart um, as a whole. I have five fire signs, four earth signs, three air signs, and two water signs. So. Yeah, I think that's pretty true because I feel like I was surprised to not have an earth sign in my dominant signs. Um, But given that it shows up so prevalently in other aspects of my chart, I think it makes sense because I am a very like calculated type of person. I like really don't jump into any decisions. I'm pretty like risk averse. I'm not very spontaneous. Like that makes me sound so boring, but um, I like pro con everything in my life basically. So (laughs) Um, I'm pretty like evenly distributed, I guess, as far as signs go. There's nothing that's like super outweighing another one. Yeah, I actually, I'm pretty, our numbers are identical, but the elements are different. So I also have five fire. I have four air, three water, and two earth. And then my sun sign is an air sign. And like I said, my moon and rising are water. So miss emotional over here. But I need to look into my overall chart because I do find it so interesting that I have so much fire. Like I would personally think that fire and water are switched for me. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know what to make of that. And I definitely need to um, like look into it a bit more, but I'm not surprised at all at the lack of earth in my chart. Um, I feel like that might come as surprising because I think I present as a very like realistic person like if anyone got a chance into like my internal dialogue I'm like very much have my head in the clouds like and I think you've learned this about me Anya throughout doing this because like this whole time we've been doing the podcast I'm like but we're just gonna be famous like you know what I mean like when all said and all is done like we're gonna be famous and I literally the other day was like we should do some math on our growth like I was like we should look at our past growth and like project it so that we like have a better idea of like what the numbers are gonna be and I'm like that's gonna be cute to look back on when we're famous (laughs) so then the next one is the planets and the houses I felt like these kind of made sense to collapse because they sort of go with each other but I have four planets in the first house which is a lot to be in one house remember there are 12 houses so the fact that four fall into one is kind of crazy and when I was first thinking about that I was like oh damn that makes me like pretty selfish like the fact that I have so many (laughs) planets focused on myself but I kind of thought about it more and I think I'm resonating more with the idea that like I'm just very comfortable with myself like I feel like I know myself really well spend a lot of time by myself like I just I can rely on myself like I don't really feel like I need a ton of people around me to be happy I think that's kind of more more what it's getting at. Another interesting thing is that my moon is in my seventh house. So if you remember, your moon is kind of your truest emotional self and your seventh house is your partnership house. And I just thought this was really calling me out because I have been in a long-term relationship for the past seven years. (laughs) Not the same one, but like I have not really been single for the last seven years. Um, So I think it just goes to show that like I really value having a partner and like I really place my emotions there. And I feel like uh, my boyfriend like, sees me differently than like other people see me because I really only present like my vulnerable self to him. Um, So I think that makes sense. And then I have no planets in the fourth house, which I also thought was funny because that's the house of family. Um, And like, if you know me in real life, you just know that I like really am not a fan of kids. I mean, I think they're great. I think people that want like, when you have a kid, I'm like excited for you. I have like, I know two pregnant people right now. Like I'm really happy for them, but like, I'm just so weird around kids. Like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to deal. I don't know how to handle them. Like, I, I just never grew up around them. Like, I, I'm like, do you like dolls? Like, I don't know what to do with them. So I just think that makes sense <laughs> that I'm like not innately drawn to it because I just have like literally no idea how to handle children. Like, I'm so weird with them. But that's my, those are my main things. I'm the opposite. I'm like, give me a child. <laughs> so for me, my rising sign is in the first house, which again, I feel like makes sense because I think I'm making the tie of like, I keep to myself or like mm-hmm. I may present in that way, which sort of aligns with what I was talking about earlier. And then I have three planets in 
the second house. So I'm like, am I materialistic? (laughs) Yeah, because the second house is the house of possessions. Yeah. But I think that kind of like aligns with the fact that like you're very into fashion. You like clothes, you like to buy different styles, whereas like I'm not as much like that. Like you did our um, like daily outfit series on TikTok, whereas like I just like wasn't interested. Like it doesn't have to be this like, um, I guess, materialistic thing. It can just be that like you enjoy owning things and making them your own. Whereas like, I'm not really like that. I don't really care about like objects all that much. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I'm like, are gifts my love language? Is this what that means? (laughs) No, I'm kidding. It's definitely words of affirmation, believe me. Speaking of love, my Venus is in Sagittarius. And let me tell you something, that makes so much sense. It makes so much sense because I was reading, I was reading CoStar and CoStar isn't the best like source. I'll say that right off the bat we'll talk about that later but it said something along the lines of like this means that like you get bored really easily <laughs> with mm-hmm. relationships I was like check like I'm just very non-committal like I'm yeah. kind of like I'm chilling I'm living my life if someone wants to tag along like by all means but like I've never prioritized adapting my life to like be with another person we're like super opposite like sides of the spectrum in that like yeah you're- your Venus being in Sagittarius versus me having my moon in the seventh house. It's like total opposite. And like, I will say that like, I do want and hope to like get married and stuff. But like, I'm at a point in my life where I'm in no rush. I'm like, Mm -hmm. boy, men are trash. Like, I don't need it right now. (laughs) I'll see see them eventually when like, I just look at it as like when the time is right. Yeah, it'll just fall into place and I won't have to change my life for it. I also, I feel like this makes me sound like I'm boy crazy. I'm really not. No, you're not. <laughs> I feel like I've been in two relationships ever. Um, but I just think that like, I'm very, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like you just don't have commitment issues and I just can't yeah. wait. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah. But you're not boy crazy. Like you, it, it, for you, it just kind of happened that way. Yeah. But you didn't prioritize like in the sense of when you were like briefly single you weren't like I have to stay single um so then <laughs> my moon is in the fifth house so I wrote emotional tie to pleasure winky face but that's just a joke because as we talked about it's pleasure in all aspects and then Kosar, like I said also use the words creativity and self-expression for like having your moon in the fifth house which I feel like is very accurate being a writing major <laughs> I was like yeah okay tying my emotions to like a creative outlet checks out <laughs> um and then my my son and my mercury are in the 12th house um and we said earlier that um libras as air signs are very curious and i find that interesting because a fun fact about me is i got my college job through a letter of recommendation from a professor that i had freshman year and i found out from my boss he didn't show me the letter and i had never seen it Um, But he said that I was described by this professor as incredibly curious and willing to learn everything about everything. I feel like that is a very accurate, like I'm very much the type of person that if I don't know something, I'll I'll look it up. Like I'm not Mm. just going to settle with like, oh no, I don't know enough about that. Like I'll learn until I feel like I have a comfortable understanding Mm -hmm. of whatever the topic is. And that's why I I ran with Miss Astrology over here. True. Yeah. yeah. This is a pretty recent, like, uh, I guess, interest of, of yours and you already know a lot. Yeah. So lastly, the last kind of like reflection into our own lives we're going to do are the qualities. So if you remember, the main qualities are fixed, cardinal, and mutable. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you look at your sun sign for this, like I mentioned, but regardless, my sun and my moon signs are both fixed. And I think that is so true. Like I am such a like painful level of planner and organizer and I'm always the one to kind of want to break down and map out an exact plan to achieving something I'm a huge fan of Gantt charts like I always work backwards like I just I always need to like the second I have an idea I always need to just like think about how achievable it is and like what the path looks like and like I think that also ties into like some of the earth signs like being realistic and like calculated and yeah so I definitely uh am aligned with that but I, my rising being a mutable sign is interesting. But again, I really don't know what the most important sign to look at for this one is. So that's yeah. just my main take. So my son is cardinal. And I do and I don't relate to this. You know, I think of like group projects, the dreaded 
group project and I was always the one that was like what are we doing what's the plan what are we meeting when are we getting this done like I didn't care I would send 50 bajillion texts to the group message because I'm like let's get this done like we have to work together but at the same time I do think that I'm a very organized thoughtful person like when it comes down to getting something done I can put on that cap I don't just like say like let's start something and then like push it off to someone else if that makes sense Mm -hmm. actually I'm honestly very bad at that like I'm a very bad delegator I'm very much the type that like feels the need to do everything so it like puts Mm -hmm. me out of my comfort zone to delegate and honestly doing this podcast has helped me learn to delegate work like so much better I kind of feel like since the cardinal signs are kind of like the idea people, it can mm-hmm. kind of reflect in a way that like they have the idea and they possess that idea and they own it and they want to see it entirely yeah. through. I feel like yeah. that's like where you run into it more so than sure. just like being the idea person and then delegating it. It's like you're the idea person and you want to see it happen at every level because it's your idea kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then one thing that I thought was interesting to note is that like I said, I'm a cardinal. Anya is a fixed sign. And that's honestly how this show <laughs> got off the ground because I texted board saying, let's start a podcast. And I got a partner like Anya who did everything to get it all mapped out. And here we are. I was like, all right, what platforms? How do you record remotely? How do you, like- <laughs> You're like, I read six articles today about marketing. I was like, oh, <laughs> <perfect."> <laughs> Um, yeah and it also makes sense just like in the production of it like I feel like so if you don't know I guess we don't I don't know how much we like talk about this yeah I don't either but um I'm kind of the more like technical side of the podcast production so like I do the editing I do like dealing with audio I get it uploaded like all that stuff and then I um I do all of like the social media posting so when you see stories things like that I write out all of the descriptions and what else do I do Oh, and I do graphics. <laughs> yeah. So like we work collectively on all of the topics and the episodes. Yeah, obviously. yeah. But um, I handle the more like technical back end and Kylie handles like the more creative back end. Yeah. So it kind of goes along with our signs, I think. Yeah, for sure. So the last thing we wanted to do in this episode is just end it off with some resources of ways to learn more about astrology. Um, and I'll kick it off with a million podcasts. <laughs> so um, this is like the main way that I've learned about astrology, I think, is through listening to podcasts. Um, so the first one is Nadine Jane. She was my favorite in an episode at one point. She kind of just has like an entire astrology brand to her. So I think her Instagram is the one she's most active on. But she also has a website and a podcast called What Time Was I Born? And she hasn't posted in a while, but I really hope she starts posting again because she's really good at explaining things. She's a really good place to start. Um, And just follow her Instagram for like cool aesthetic astrology stuff on your feed. Mm -hmm. Um, The second one is Stars Like Us. Um, So I think this girl's name is Eliza, the host. And I just think she's like a really cool girl. I also think like she just did this podcast really well. Like the name really works. The music really works. It's just like very well produced. The next one is called So Divine. And these ladies are hilarious. I think they're like maybe in their 50s or 60s. And they're just like the best friends. And like they do a monthly podcast. So they only come out once a month. And they sometimes do some bonus episodes. But basically what they do is like they look at the astrology of the month ahead. And they make some like, uh, I guess, like projections of what you should expect from that month based on like the energies that are happening. They're like a little woo-woo sometimes. But I I just think they're so funny because they're like, these ladies that are just like living their best lives, like chatting once a month and like talking about the stars. Like I just think they're so funny. The last podcast I was going to recommend is the What's Your Sign podcast. I just recently found this, but they are like the most approachable ones, I think. Like they do basically like, I want to say like the one I listen to, they do like an hour of segments basically. Like they just chat for a long time and then they get into astrology. So I just think they're kind of like funny, relatable gals and they talk about like regular things in their life and they just kind of like sprinkle astrology into it so I think that they're a good place to start but their episodes are really long so keep that in mind mm-hmm. um the astrology of you and me is a book that they sell at urban I've seen it a bunch at urban and like anthropology I got it at tj maxx um but it's just a really nice like very very comprehensive book of like essentially definitions of the signs. so if you want like a cute coffee table book that you can like flip through and learn more I'd recommend mm-hmm. um and then my last recommendation is I'm going to mention CoStar. I think it's a good accessible way to get into astrology. And it's nice because you can look at other people's charts pretty simply and like it organizes it in a very digestible way. Uh, But I have heard of it being wrong sometimes based on like the minutes, like it just categorizes the minutes wrong. So you have like the wrong moon sign on there and stuff. So 
I think take co-star like relatively with a grain of salt, but if you're brand new, I think it's a good way to like see what your friends are and it's just fun and it got more people into it, which I appreciate. Yeah, for sure. I agree. So I wanted to recommend uh, Rohini Elise on YouTube. I know she's done a few videos and a podcast episode mm-hmm. on astrology and also her mom is really well-versed in Vedic astrology and she did a video with her mom um, on that. So if you are interested in learning about Vedic astrology, definitely check that out. Um, and then this is way more of like a, an entertaining <laughs> one to say the least, but Kathleen Lights, who she's a like beauty guru, like does like mm-hmm. full-fledged makeup videos on YouTube, but she also is really, really into astrology. And I'm pretty sure she's done some like relatively serious and informational videos on astrology on her channel but also she does some videos with another youtuber jesse smiles that are just so funny to me and in one of them as a quick anecdote (laughs) she they did one where they roasted their ex-boyfriend's star signs which i think is so genius that's so funny Mm -hmm. to me and they were basically talking about an ex that they each had that uh did a very like similar thing to them each and they found out that both the guys were Aries and I was like hmm I had a guy in my life do something kind of similar to that and I looked it up and I kid you not the light bulb went off because this man was an Aries and I couldn't even like my my wheels were turning with moon and rising signs I was like wait a second wait a second and this was like the click moment of like I need to I need to look into this because it just made a whole lot of sense. So yeah. And then I know um, they've mentioned the book. I think it's called The Only Astrology Book You'll Ever Need. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. So that's another uh, book recommendation as well. Yeah. So we hope if you guys thought this episode was interesting, you look into some of those to learn more because we're definitely not like the experts here as I'm sure you've gathered through this episode but just thought it was fun to chat about and something new for the pod something different but yeah if you guys liked this episode rate it rate us five stars on iTunes and we will read your review on the air yes yeah tell us what your what your sun sign what your moon sign rising sign is we can chat about it on the air yeah and as always follow us on Instagram rate us on Apple Podcasts, like we said and leave us a comment in our suggestion box follow our tiktok all the things all the things and be sure to be back here next tuesday for another new episode yeah all right guys have a great week bye guys bye